This is uh, our 18th, no wait, sorry, 19th episode. We're going to be talking about 2008's Tokyo Gore Police with Lord Bile. Uh, what's going on, Lord Bile? Oh, wait, he's not here yet. Right, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so we got another another late guest, but we're sticklers for time here. We're a couple of dads, and so we basically just start, <laughs> then the guest shows up, whatever. Yep, this is a, a, like a regular radio show. You know, mm-hmm. so welcome to the Breakfast Club. Yep. My name is Angela Yee. That's Charlemagne the God. What's up, everybody? I got Vitiligo. What is it that he got? <laughs> oh. He's got some weird skin thing, right? <laughs> Charlemagne? <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't they? They used to. I used to listen to the Breakfast Club all the time, and also Brilliant Idiots that he did with Andrew Schultz. Um, uh-huh. And people would always talk shit about Charlemagne, saying that he bleached his skin, and he said that he had the Michael Jackson thing. That that was what was going. That's why he was getting lighter, over the, over the years. Oh, that's so fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit doesn't happen. Although it would be tight no. if you ended up looking like the, guy from Tokyo Gore Police after like five years. You know, you know the one I'm talking about. The uh, the black. Yeah. The, the, they have blackface in this movie, which we'll get to. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh, it's like damn. <laughs> The second blackface... We haven't even hit 20 episodes, and it's the second blackface movie we're covering. What was the first one? Ezo? Uh, Blue, Blues Harp. Oh, Blues Harp. Right, right, right. That's right. Um, I just assumed Ezo would have something like that in it. But that's uh, something that we can talk about. Before our guest shows up, um, what's going on in the news recently? What happened? Something happened that we talked about last week. I can't, can't put my finger on it trying to remember uh there was is i feel like a lot of people were saying something about it man is it the price of gas because the price of gas been fucking kicking my balls i think that it's yeah it's the price of gas and the price of ammunition right so there was a there's a kid i think he was out like he was out a cool 15 bucks uh last year after firing off some rounds in Kenosha, I think it was. Um, so anyway, so he felt like the state owed him $15 for uh, executing a pedophile. And I think they were in court trying... He was trying to get his money back. So oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He spent... It's weird because he spent like $2 million on lawyers uh, for this trial. But eventually the jury awarded him his $15 in, uh, in AR ammo. Well, right on. That sounds like a victory for us all. And, like, no sort of racism is tied in whatsoever to it. Bro, watching uh, people seed on uh, 
on the internet has, has been a joyful occasion for me. The verdict should have been a very simple, uh, sweet, he's free. Right, you know, right. I, I did see uh, um, there were a couple of valid points. Well, one made me laugh. Uh, local rapper Derek Peoples was like, I don't give a fuck about the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial because why don't white crime doesn't affect me. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that gave me a good chuckle. Uh, and then I, uh, I saw elsewhere where, like, there are valid um, points being brought up about, like, the the whole if he were black thing, I don't think is a, like, I get... I get why it's like every time something happens people are like if this it's like that that's not what's going on though like mm -hmm, <laughs> stop stop distracting from the actual point right but I don't know like can we only talk about one thing like whenever you know I got to thinking about it and not not even both sizing it I just tried I like to think you know what I mean mm -hmm. like that's what that's what people say about you you're a thinker yeah, I'm a thinker. I like to think. Mm -hmm. That's when people are like, has Kelby, Kelby's got full red pill now? It's like, I don't know. He's thinking. He's yeah. thinking. Yeah. Pondering. <laughs> Pondering. Like, we can talk about two things at the same time, but... Yeah, there's been some pretty heavy both sides rhetoric. When people's passions get inflamed, they're like, if you're on both sides... I'm like, um, it's not that I'm both sides. I like to think of myself as a perspectivist because I'm an animist, right? And as an animist, one of the key uh, sort of tools in your toolkit is the art of perspective, right? So you think about how a snake, you know, sees a hole in the ground and you realize that that snake sees a hole in the ground as like a house, right? That's that snake's perspective. So I just apply that to humans and I see it from a lot of different perspectives. I mean, in this particular issue, uh, there's not a whole lot of perspective to be gleaned from no from spending time with the with the left because like the whole the whole if he was black thing i mean if it was a big major trial i mean maybe but people really like to cherry pick their news stories right because i mean recently yeah. there was uh andrew coffee andrew coffee the fourth was his name and he was a dude in indiana i think who got his house got incorrect like incorrectly swatted a SWAT team busted in killed his girlfriend he exchanged gunfire with the police and then they put him on trial uh, as being responsible for the death of his girlfriend and for I guess shooting but not killing three cops right so you think this guy's you know he's black he's toast whatever uh, but he got completely acquitted of that recently under under self-defense law you know what I mean yeah. so it's like it's it, Man, you can so much. It's a country of three hundred million people, and you can you can cherry pick anything you want to create any narrative that you want. But I th I see what you're saying, though. I mean, it, it it I'm not gonna pretend like that's not a valid point. It is, but but well, still. no. See, like I was pondering in, in all of in all of my thinking that I like to do. Yes, I won't deny that some things are a race thing, but they're also that location's problem. Like mm -hmm. where that shit mm -hmm. happened, that's an issue of the the shit going on in that place. Mm -hmm. Like the internet is not a place. Correct. You're, you're not from that city. 
So, like, because I've seen racist shit go on, you know, in different areas around here, like in my immediate location. But I've also been in court a lot, which we won't get into, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I've been in court a lot where shit is just like, and I would think like, oh, fuck, I'm fucking fucked in this backwoods bullshit ass town Mm -hmm. but the trial goes really fair and Mm -hmm. you know i'm just like huh well that's interesting it's i think it's very location based there's decent people everywhere there's Mm -hmm. fucked up people everywhere and like the internet just pretends that there's like a worldwide police force there's a worldwide justice system everything is under the same blanket like mm-hmm. so you know if, if like andrew coffee lived somewhere else he might not have uh he might not have got acquitted that's right and that's 100 yeah. percent correct yeah no that's a really good point when it comes to situational uh situational issues like that i mean what you're saying is interesting to me because what you're saying is like in your case the justice system actually worked and i don't know that starts to get me thinking about how you know i think that it's fair to say that we here on the agitator podcaster are anti-cop we are not like bootlickers or anything like that not even close would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, I've been assaulted by the police. Yeah, yeah. So there's no there's no love here for the for the cops, right? But what I'm hearing is that what we have is a system that is imperfect, but that like you're saying isn't this kind of like cartoon villain thing, right? Like sometimes it actually works the way it's supposed to. And I'm not really sure what my point is or or what to do with that information. But it's an important point, I think. Well, I think uh, Tokyo Gore Police actually gets a lot into that. Mm-hmm. For as crazy of a movie as it is, yeah. it has a lot to say about the police. It does, yeah. And about the necessity, like the lines that should be put in place, but the necessity. Because at the end, it's like, in the beginning, I was actually like, is this a pro-police movie? Right. And then by the end, I thought it was switching to a more anti-police narrative. But it's actually like, she even says at the end, she's like, I'm a cop, and I look out for the good of the people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I think could it could it be that could be taken sarcastically, but that's what makes movies like this so interesting. I watched this movie back when it came out a long time ago. On my rewatch, though, from 2021 perspective, my first thought was uh, Starship Troopers. It has a real Starship mm. Troopers vibe. Um, yeah. Especially with all like the commercials and like, we're here to protect you. And then it shows them um, e- executing a pedophile or whatever. Or was he a, a rapist or a pedophile or something like that? Yeah, he like murdered 15 kindergartners or right, something. Right, right. And it just shows him being like, you know, you can go online and get an app that allows you to kind of like pull the trigger on the on the criminal or whatever i I got Uh some i got some real uh yeah starship troopers vibes from this whole thing the way that it looks too Mm -hmm. has that sort of uh starship troopers like not man it looks cooler than like power rangers Mm -hmm. but it reminds me of those saturday morning like i don't know i kept i kept like looking at this movie thinking this had to be a huge budget but it feels low budget Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, it definitely feels like probably most of the money went into the practical effects and getting the actress, the girl from Audition, 
to be the to be the lead because I'm assuming in 2008 audition came out 2001 I think uh, so she was probably still a pretty big star at that point because audition was huge yeah yeah she's like I'm an Oscar winner now but she gotta pay me yeah and then she does this movie which is just so it's so bizarre right um, <laughs> those ads though like the so they have like an anti-suicide ad at one point it's like um hari kari is still suicide right and, and they're like shaming people commit but I, I i guess it's like a culture of people being like see it's an it's an honorable thing it's a cultural thing mm-hmm. and they're like nope that's still suicide we don't like that shit right but they're like selling flavored wrist cutters and shit. <laughs> I know. That was the idea of the kind of epidemic of wrist cutting. I thought was a really interesting theme throughout the the movie, right? Because when uh when audition girl cuts herself, it's not just a little bit, right? Like she she like digs into it. And so yeah. that that kind of imagery I thought was really uh I'm not sure what the what the point that was trying to be made was even at that point. You know, it's just like uh, pe- young people, you know, commit violence on yourself. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Hold on, I'm getting an idea here. So it's a big thing about violence of the state towards the person, right? So this like oppressive force, but it also is about the kind of oppressive violence that we inflict upon ourselves. How does that sound? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like this movie had a very um, yin and yang. Like, it feels like a deterrent from, or a detachment from, like, the type of movies we t- we've covered so far. Yeah. But, and it's the most trauma type of the, the movies we've covered so far. It mm-hmm. felt like a Japanese trauma movie. But it's actually perfectly in line with the way that it's made it has that wabi-sabi approach mm-hmm. and in the themes of the movie like it's very yin and yang like balance and like finding your own uh center acknowledging the cop and the engineer within right right which right that be it becomes kind of a mixture at the end right like those those two things kind of blend together um i don't yeah that's that's a that's a good way of putting it there's like a sound nearby me oh i think it's a weed whacker i thought it was a cow at first i thought there was like a cow on the loose and i thought this is going to be the most oklahoma podcast of all time if there's like a <laughs> there's a loose cow that's coming up to my yard. There's a cow running around. <laughs> well, I've probably got uh, plenty of Rowan screaming in the background already. Oh no, it's good, man. It's good. I feel like by this point we've definitely just go- gone ahead and purged all the, all the listeners who who don't like um, extra noise. I see that all the time on TPN's comments or whatever. People who are like, I couldn't stand the, the gum wrapper opening on this episode and i thought oh you really wouldn't like agitator then <laughs> yeah I, man i love that shit though like because you do listen to podcasts like kind of in the background too mm-hmm. so like having the extra little sound effects is just uh, i i don't know 
I fuck with it. it it's too. I'll tune out if, uh, like, I'll zone out if they're just talking and it's perfectly like NPR'd. Right, right. And oh, bro, have you did you played Ghost of Tsushima, right? No. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm playing that right now. It's good. It's got a good combat system. Um, I started noticing that. So Izo, Tokyo Gore Police, and. Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which is actually, I think, an, it's an American game uh, that's based in 13th century Japan, which is funny. But there's always this concept that I kept seeing translated as divine punishment or divine retribution. Because, like, we see that in Izo, we see that in this movie, and we see that there. And so I looked it up, and apparently it has to do with a 10th century, I guess, ninja code. But yeah, divine punishment is this idea that's baked into samurai japanese culture and i'm not i'm not sure if there's like a direct uh you, you might just have to be japanese to get it but i kept seeing that. i kept thinking like what is this divine punishment thing i think uh christians were kind of on that tip with the crusades <laughs> no 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 christians were uh much much better uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just those, that phrase, though, you know, divine punishment. I just, I, I, it's a unique sequence of words that no matter how you put it, usually in English it's like God's will or something like that. But the idea of, of like punishment coming from spirits, because in this code thing that I looked up, this ninja code, it's like if you break the ninja code by. Uh, teaching people ninjutsu or whatever without approval it's like once you die that they're like you will be uh, haunted by demons from 60 different hells and they have all this like shit built into the contract and I was like that's so funny to like if we did that these days right because like everything here is based on your material body right it's like if you don't pay back whatever you know your credit score will suck ass and it'll make it harder to live. But back then, they basically put into their code, you might live, like, if you break this code, you might live well, but you are going to pay pay for it. So I just thought the contractual thing, again, completely different from Christianity. Completely different. But... Uh, yeah. That, well, that's exactly like when uh, Erica and I took our wedding vows. It wasn't, we didn't, there was no prenup or anything like that. I was just like, if you leave me, I'll haunt your ass yep. until, like, through this life and the next. <laughs> Rios tells me that all the time, too. She's like, if I die and you get remarried, I'm going to haunt your ass. I was like, damn. So I'm just supposed to be celibate for the rest of my life? You know? I'm, gr- I'm grieving. Um... <laughs> So, what were your what were your thoughts overall about Tokyo Gore Police? Uh, one thing that like, I w- when I was trying to think of like what vibe this has, really, it has that get uh, Japanese game show energy to it. That like everything is just frenetic and in your face, and why like they've got the the ads constantly popping up. There's the chick who works for the police, who's like I don't know, she's like a dispatcher or something. But she's mm-hmm. always dancing and talking to the camera and doing these little exposition dumps about what's going on and just being like, it's very meta, but like, I thought that was hilarious. And it's kind of like, 
the connecting tissue between everything because this this movie how a lot of Korean movies seem to have like a uh, like a three tone act it's not like a three act structure it's like a three tones yeah like, that's correct mm-hmm. um, I know with pretty much every Korean movie I've ever watched has that drastic tonal shift at least three times and uh, mm-hmm. this one I mean this, this is a Japanese movie but like it it had that I felt like because except the through line is the constant over-the-top gore and that weird Japanese game show vibe but yeah. if you take those things out it's sort of like three movies in one it's yeah. like this over-the-top chaotic violence uh, we're just being wild and anarchic and crazy with like cops and weird body monsters and then there's like little you know Cronenbergians and then halfway through it it like becomes more of a fetishist story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like when that one cop goes into the the club of like mutilated hookers or whatever Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. that scene goes on for so long, and I think that scene is the main part of this uh, act of the movie or whatever. But it goes on for a long time to the point where I was like, okay, all of a sudden this is a fetish movie, right? And uh, and then it's like more of a socio-political uh, satire slash thriller. Yeah, and this basically to me. Um, like you said, the through line of the whole thing is that it seems to me that this is a movie that was made in reverse um, from the the gory killings and shit, right? It felt like they were like, okay, how do we get an amputee with swords for legs and, you know, a girl who uh, has a like an alligator for, a, for legs, right? Like an alligator vagina. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's like, how, how do we fit all of this into a movie? And then they kind of strung it together as it went along. Because actually, this is a good, not to, well, actually, fuck it. I don't care. So our book, Dead Boy, that's out now, uh-huh. um, we kind of have these tonal shifts as well in that, in that book, right? There's sort of that three-act structure. Because it starts off as a kind of depressing uh sort of sardonic meditation on grief right um and then it moves into kind of a straight up bizarre crime narrative with a guy who pretends that he's like a dog and there's dog fighting and then the last third of the book uh because it go it go even though it's a short book it goes on longer than you would expect because once he's done with the dog fighting there's a whole coda at the end where he's on tiktok basically like trying to get famous for having a fucked up like a dog with no legs <laughs> yeah. and shit you know what i mean and it feels like when you and i were brainstorming that book we came up with these ideas first and then the actual writing process was like okay so how do we how do we string these jokes and ideas that we have together into a into a plot and you can feel it when you read the book you can feel that it's like kind of a pa- I guess patchwork would be like the word for it because you know other other books would have maybe put the I guess maybe the TikTok theme in a bit earlier I mean he's scrolling TikTok at the beginning but it's not like 
he's not like starting his journey or anything or the book would have like focused on the the dog fighting angle um but we just kind of are like this is the dog fighting section this is the tiktok section and now here's how we glue it all together yeah and it works that it's like a frankenstein's monster type so you know it's a frankenstein book and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that's like a rule that one of those things like big no-nos in writing uh forever ago that was implemented was like you gotta let your characters do whatever or let the story flow or whatever and i love how like the uh our homie jordan harper he's like these characters don't exist you make them do whatever the fuck you want them to yeah (laughs) and that was that was big for me when he said that that made something click in my brain because i was big time on the the characters just do what they want and i don't have any control over it and Jordan, we were talking on the phone when he first brought this up. He was like, he was like, yeah, they're not, uh, they're not real, dude. Uh, they're not, they're not, they're not real people. Uh, so anyway, I interrupted you. What were you saying? But yeah, no, I was just saying that. Like, and it makes for more interesting shit because this this movie did, you know, it, it made me um, unapologetically think of our book too and uh and also the way that like it feels like they just wanted to have all this shit in here and then we're like okay now how do we make this a consistent story and then it is just a wild crazy fun time but every time like you hear people these days talking about uh so here's old man corner people these days when they're mm-hmm. uh, talking about it's just fun, you know? It's just a fun movie. That's why I like it. Mm-hmm. But uh, those types of movies are usually so bad. And yeah. yeah. This isn't bad. Like, this is actually a, a, a great, like, I think it's a great movie. Like, it feels yeah. like it was made by real artists. Uh, Definitely. I mean, I get it. It's not universally acclaimed or whatever. I think it actually has one of the worst ratings of any movie we've talked about on here. Right. Right. But to me, it's really good. Even though it is just... It feels like its main purpose is to just be fucking bonkers and fun. Yeah, and also just really nasty. It's a nasty movie, right? I mean, I'm thinking of like they basically like they watched seven and they're like okay Gwyneth Paltrow's head is in a box what can we put in a box and (laughs) it's it's the you know the uh what do you call those the um the women who run whorehouses what's the what's the name for that not the the mother the uh you know you know what I'm trying to say there's like a word for yeah the the head the head whore who doesn't fuck anymore but like you know pimps out other girls um the pimp let's call her the pimp will be gender neutral um when she's like gets impaled with all these metal bamboo shoots and then like kind of stuffed into a box i was like okay so they, they were just like we just upped the ante on that and there's clearly a diet of uh you know anime did you ever watch a movie called biohazard shit that sounds familiar uh, Bio, Biohazard's made by the same people who made uh, with, like Wicked City and uh, Ninja Scroll uh, and movies like that. They were like there was this big push in the mid '90s of the like 
of Japanese anime coming to America that what had big monsters and a lot of rape, right? Um, and Wicked City was like that. So Wicked City starts off and it's, this woman has like a spider vagina and uh, Biohazard has a scene at the beginning where this couple's having sex and then the woman's like titty turns into a monster and eats the guy's hand. Oh yeah, like, no, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like Biohazard I think had to have been a huge influence on this because that's what happens in that in that anime, right? Is that like parts of people's bodies become uh, mutant monster things, which is sort of what happened. So in Tokyo Gore Police, there are these creatures called engineers. And what happens is this guy named Keyman puts a key-shaped tumor somewhere in people's bodies and turns them into not, not zombies necessarily, but basically if they get a limb chopped off or they get some kind of wound that wound becomes a weapon right um and, and <laughs> he's saying spider spider ah. is that what he's saying he's saying spider that's yeah. hilarious was is there a spider buddy what's going no, on he's totally pretending Oh, oh. I haven't seen. So, my boy just started babbling today. I was like, oh my God, this is cute, you know, because he's like, and then it made me think, you know, one day he's going to start lying to me. Yeah. No, Rowan is huge on ghosts, and I don't even know where that came from. Because, uh. That's a little scary, bro. That's a little scary. Like, it's like, I don't know how he got the idea that there are ghosts in this house. And he's just like, bro, there's ghosts everywhere. Can't you see? He goes and gets his flashlight because he stole a giant flashlight from uh, my father-in-law. Yeah. And uh, he goes and gets this enormous flashlight. And it's like, come on, come on. And he'll run to a part of the house. He always does it at night, too. And he's like, mm. ghost. Dude, man, see, you're, you're more calm about this shit than I would be. Because <laughs> if if my son was saying like, hey, there's there's ghosts everywhere, like I took this video of Gus um, laughing because I had a piece of his stroller that I was turning over in my hands and he was just cracking up about it, and uh, my mother-in-law was like, he was laughing because there was probably he was seeing angels, and I'm not the kind of person who dismisses that kind of thing out of hand. So the other day I took that same part of the stroller and went over to him and started doing the same thing. And he just looked at me like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, remember, this is, this is the funny thing. He's like, oh, you thought I was laughing at you. Oh, oh well, this, this is embarrassing. Um. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I definitely, like, I don't know. I don't dismiss that shit, but I've just been... I've been uh, ghost numbed. Been around ghosts so much that I'm just like, okay, cool. There's ghosts. I'm kind of ghost numbed too, dude, because I see them shits all the time. I see shadow people, and I've seen a few ghosts in this house. So yeah, I'm kind of the same as you. Like, you think that before you start seeing ghosts, you think it's gonna be like you would just be terrified and like shit your pants. But now it's like I see a ghost, and I kind of go numb for a second, and then I'm just like, uh, well, that happened. And then I'll like, I'll say something, you know, I'll be like, hey, I need you to bounce, not not here. But uh, 
yeah, that kind of activity has picked up since the boy was born for sure. Yeah, I, I made a pact with one recently working on a flip house a uh, dude killed himself in. Uh, yeah. There was like a heavy presence and then I just saw like the shadow people one one day. I was mm-hmm. trying not to work late at this house for this specific reason yeah. and um, I, I ended up, I didn't have a choice and uh, I could like see movement and stuff like mm-hmm. uh, you know how it is it's like you oh yeah you know that it's there and you can actually mm-hmm. see something but it's not necessarily like a person um mm-hmm. but yeah i was just like dude like i'm really sorry but i don't have anything to do with that like yeah and i ever since i've just been left alone since then yeah people don't get that you can just make deals with these things and they i mean you have to imagine you know one day you'll be a ghost maybe and if i was a ghost and somebody i was in someone's house and they're like hey bro uh sorry about what happened but uh please leave me alone i'd probably be chill about it i'd probably be like oh okay right on unless like we said earlier unless rios was like remarried or some shit and i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna hide in this dude's cornflakes like the the guy in quite on instead of it's like the whole mexican seeing jesus and toast and stuff like that yeah it's yeah. like I, I see your ex-husband in the cornflakes yeah like, and i'm oh, just gonna shit. it's just my face is gonna pop up and i'm like i know you got a little dick motherfucker um, <laughs> <laughs> i seen it i was watching and i was crying ghost tears the whole time man that would suck yeah i'd have to do something if i was a ghost and I and I saw my wife's new husband having sex with her. <laughs> oh man! Uh, next novel. Next novel. Oh, dude, that is not a bad idea for a book. A guy, a guy dies, and he just like he's like, I'm going to follow my family through their lives, and it's just him watching like his wife do the most devout shit you know and his son becomes like a transvestite hooker or whatever and he's (laughs) and he's like i don't want to do this anymore and whatever the you know demon is like well this i mean you did ask for this you signed a contract it's like i can't i can't take it anymore <laughs> the demon's like, you either you either got to keep to what you wanted, or you got to eat my cum. And he's like, ah, well, I'm not gay, so no. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck watching my wife have sex. <laughs> it's, a homo- it's a homophobic cucked ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. That's hilarious. Um, where were we? Oh yeah, Tokyo Gore Police. <clears throat> um, so yeah, people become engineers and they grow weapons out of their, out of their stumps or cuts or whatever. I actually thought it might be interesting to talk about like, is this a feminist movie or not? But then it's also just kind of like it's two hours of guys being like, what fucked up shit can we do with like buckets and buckets of blood? You know, like if it is a feminist movie, it's like a pure woman equality or whatever movie because it really doesn't. Uh, besides having a good amount of uh, female characters who who do their own shit and 
aren't just I mean you know the lead character is a woman but uh yeah I don't know outside it didn't really have any commentary on like gender and shit um, it had commentary that one scene the guy who gropes her right and then oh, she right. <laughs> cuts his arms off and she's like molestation is a crime uh that's the only thing that but that's you know that's that kind of 2008 it's kind of cute now but it's like that 2008 super heavy-handed um quote-unquote feminist symbolism right where we can have like schoolgirls, uh you know being prostitutes and you know um women getting chopped into pieces and stuffed in boxes and shit and you know a bunch of upskirt stuff but then we have this scene where she says don't molest people and it's like ha now we're feminists it's like ah we're covering know, our man. bases we're like know. fuck the police and she she's still a cop at the end so you know we're just covering bases this is a both sides movie exactly what did you think about the blackface we can talk about that now because i was i was considering the climate right 13 years later almost 14 years later i i can't help it man i was a little not shocked but i was just like i was seeing it with 2021 brain i was taken aback by it because it's a very crude use of it i was yeah he's 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 not only he looks like the thing from he's a conehead yeah. yeah, he's like sloth, but he's also supposed to be black, I guess. Of all the kind of like quote-unquote offensive stuff in this movie, that was the one. It's it just it goes to show you how how our sensitivities have changed because when so like I said, I watched this movie when it first came out, um, and uh, it didn't. I don't even think that registered to me. I don't think blackface in general registered to me, like because I would watch a bunch of movies. You know, and I think I'd notice it in like Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? With like Mickey Rooney being Asian. I got that. I got that that's like, was an offensive stereotype. But, but black, dude, blackface is really common in Japanese movies. Um, I am realizing and, that. <laughs> and it's like, what is this obsession, right? Of, you know, it's like this kind of like fear. I don't even know. I don't even know. I'll stop right there because I don't or, have well formed um, thoughts on it. But maybe it's an interest, but like a lack of. I don't know. It, it, it's weird if it if it's like a, um, hey, this character's black, but we don't have any black people anywhere in Japan. Which I I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true or not. But like, it. But then it's like, but why is he black? I don't get. It. <laughs> like, yeah. Why does he? Why? Why did you make him? retarded also that doesn't make any sense um but yeah no i mean you see that in like dragon ball z there's mr popo um i think that's his name right the guy with the turban every single black friend of mine who of course you know we all came up watching dragon ball z and whenever that became a thing not not in the not in social media world which was way late to the party way back Mm -hmm. in the day black moms would be like y'all ain't watching this shit like that shit is mm-hmm. racist and my friends would be like because we talk about it i'd be like is mr popo racist like they'd be mm-hmm. like man that that nigga's an alien like what the fuck <laughs> he's not <laughs> he's not black <laughs> like right right exactly. there is a there is a black character in dragon ball z though some i forget um Man, Marcus is gonna kill me because it's one of his favorite Pic- characters. Is it P- Piccolo? Piccolo is definitely black. I always saw Piccolo as black, like at heart. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 
Nah, there's like a legit black character, and it's the perfect arguing point. If I could remember the character's damn name, it's like, see, this is this is a black character. Mr. Popo is just some weird-looking dude. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, in Japan, one of the things that I find kind of refreshing about Japan is it's almost like childlike naivete when it comes to race, because there are. Um, I was reading about uh, Tokyo Gore Police and this scene in particular, and the writer was attempting to thread the needle of how this is like some sort of commentary about Japanese kids' obsession with black culture and kind of make fun of it. Um, I didn't buy it because, I mean, you just watch the movie and see yeah. and see for yourself. Um, but there, there are sort of, you know, little cliques of kids in Japan, as recently as a few years ago, I saw this that that wear blackface and dress in like fubu and shit, and it's not coming from a place of hate, and it's also not it doesn't fit into the the kind of paradigm of privilege or anything like that. It's just it's it's wigger discourse, right? Like where do wiggers fit in all of this? Like there's some who are racist. There are some who genuinely haven't appreciated like and there are some people who like the the Hoff twins who just grew up in that environment and are ostensibly culturally black so mm -hmm. it's complicated I'm related to the biggest wigger I know and he's in prison for mm -hmm. probably the rest of his life but uh Jesus that's all all of that shit like it's all you couldn't break him of it like it's not put upon it's not like and that's why identity politics is so fucking boring to me and mm -hmm. stupid and I think harmful. I'm super mm -hmm. anti. I don't give a fuck about how you identify. No. Nobody does. But, like, that's just how he naturally is. Like, yeah, yeah. And we it grew up very like asking, similar, but I don't yeah. talk as much, so I didn't adapt. It, like, now I talk more because, you know, we have this podcast that pays the bills, but... I was always I have real seen quiet, you come so. out of your I've seen you come out of your shell literally in the in the time of since you started heathenish radio uh, if you listen to some of your earlier episodes and then you listen to the one you did with Sam it's interesting because I'm like oh Kelby's talking it's like podcasting has forced you to talk and so now you do yeah yeah and I just I come from a loud family and I just get annoyed mm -hmm. when people talk over me so I just always shut up. I was never shy. <laughs> I, I was I was never shy, but my family would not shut the fuck up. So like, right. I just I just kept quiet all the time. Bro, bro, dude, that is me with the with Rios's family, right? Because uh, they're all well, obviously they're all Mexican, and they are loud as fuck. And they'll ask me questions about my life, and I'll get a sentence into explaining something. And then they'll be like, eh, like they'll just start like making noise and wa watching the football game or drinking or whatever. So now, I mean, when I'm around them, they're like, you know, why is James so quiet? And uh, I'm just like, because I'll answer in one or two words because I can just see as soon as I start talking, their eyes drift off and they're like, we, we don't care about what you're talking about. So I just don't say shit. So I, I relate to that. <laughs> yeah. No, Erica's dad does that where he's like, he'll be like, I like Kelby. He, he know, 
he he's just like a stoic guy, you know. And I'm like, nah, I'm a, I'm a loudmouth at heart. I just never have the chance to say anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're not actually volume-wise, if you're not loud, you're not gonna get a word in edge-wise. So I mean, you know, her mom is married to a white guy, but he's loud too, and I don't know if he's just adapted. You know, if this isn't just a case of watching evolution in progress, but he's the same way. He'll ask me something and then I'll start talking and then he'll just start telling a completely different story in the middle of my story. <laughs> God damn. Is this thing on? Can anybody hear me? Am I, am I here? Am I a ghost? You're like, um, so yeah, I was an army brat and like I, was, I grew up in Germany a little bit and he's like, man, so yeah, that Sixers game last night. Yeah, no, it'll be crazy. He'll tell me some wild shit, dude. He'll like, like one time I was helping him move uh, stuff to a storage unit. He just started talking about like his his prom night and how he got hit. And I was like, <laughs> all right, man, that's cool. Oh, let me ask you this: Do you uh, head or sex? Which do you prefer? I'm a sex guy. I, I relate. Sex guy. I relate to like um, when you and Chris were talking about uh, uh, shit intimacy, and mm-hmm. he he mentioned how he he has sex to be intimate, not to bust. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that last part, but like that, yeah, mm-hmm. that's because the busting is happening. Yeah, yeah, that that's happening. Have you have you ever have you ever not busted? Bro, I used to be a meth head. Like I. <laughs> oh right, I I know that feeling, uh, dude. Yeah, there was one time where I was like just tweaking balls and was, you know, going at it. And I was like, my whole body was just like shaking, but nothing was coming out. You know, it was weird. You know what I'm talking about. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Rowan, you're being so loud. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Boo! Boo! It's because he knows we're recording. See, I got my mom over today. She's watching my boy, so I'm actually... I don't have to worry about him napping. Nothing. Because his grandma's here. It's dope. I'm just glad he's been good. He went on a job with me yesterday. Oh, really? And uh, he was good the whole time. Because Erica felt like dog shit. She was like, no, just leave him here. I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) What, y'all got COVID or what? I guess, you know. We've just been passing it back and forth. Sucks. I hate it when that happens. (laughs) Hate it when you get the seasonal COVID. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be it, dude. That's going to be the future. Like, yeah. It's like saying you got the flu, you know. Oh, I got COVID. (laughs) Take your little, uh, take your little, uh, Merck, uh, Molnupiravir tablet and just be good. Just go about your day. Take and your cool. take your benefits.
It was really good. Yeah, uh, Luna came up and performed, and he, uh, we, uh, we started working on some stuff. So you know, uh, it was a really good time. I hadn't seen Luna in like uh, probably like a year and a half almost. So it's been a minute since we've actually like linked up. Oh shit, leap year two in the works. Uh, may yeah, maybe. Honestly, man, enough time has passed. It's almost like time to record another one, release it on the next leap year. Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah, you really could. That's crazy. Yeah, it feels like we lost like two whole years, but you know, we record an album, sit on it for a year. There we go. It's right there. <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect, literally perfect timing. Would you? Uh, so, what do you think of this crazy ass movie? This was literally the one of the craziest movies that I've ever seen. I'm not gonna lie, it's one of the coolest looking movies I've seen in a long time. Um, I, I actually have it like playing uh, on silent here right now, and ads playing, but like. This movie is wild. Um, I fucking love it, honestly. This is what I wish they would kind of do for uh, live-action anime remakes. Like, this it, yes. This is dope as fuck. It remi it's like RoboCop, but Japanese, with a crazy amount of body horror. Yeah. No, I love that you're playing it on in the background, because that was one of my thoughts, was this is the type of... Like, I thought, like, you're an appropriate guest for this because, like, it seems like something that would be on a projector in the background of a Lord Vile concert. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm very, I'm really tempted to, like, take scenes from this and, like, use it for, like, almost like an anime music video, but it would just be, like, in instead of anime, it'd be like this. Uh, I, like, I really want to, I really want to do that. I want to get, like, a projector and, like, have this project on me like during a live show or something like this is dope as fuck <laughs> bro just put out an album and call it tokyo gore police honestly the whole the whole thing themed yeah absolutely i'll i'll do like a it, that would be like a good uh name for like a funk album like a like a some three six mafia type shit mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. that would dude that would be perfect honestly yeah i this makes me want to watch like a lot more uh japanese uh like b movies and stuff also, cool as fuck, do you guys know, uh, you guys are, uh, you have an episode on the audition, or audition, right? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Have it planned. In the works. The same actress from that. That's, yep. that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, we funny. Were, yeah. We were talking about how most of the budget of this movie probably had to go to paying her. Probably. This was 2008, audition was 2001, so she was probably, like, it's weird to think about the position that she would have been in as an actress and you try to put uh, an American actress in her place and it would be like I mean I don't know if you could get Kirsten Stewart or something like that to be in a movie where people chop up hookers and put them in boxes and, yeah you know there's like a gimp <laughs> with sword legs and shit and Kirsten Stewart being like yeah that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that one Although, I mean, no spoilers for audition, but this isn't, like, too far of a leap from, like, that kind of, like, movie. Yeah. I mean, this is... amputee and shit, yeah. Yeah, this is obviously, like, off the walls to the extreme, but, like, right now it's the scene where she's fighting, like, the robot arm, like, police doctor dude. And it's just, like, middle fingers flying at her. This is easily <laughs> one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. Yeah, we were talking about how it feels like when they made this movie, they 
almost worked in reverse. So instead of having a plot and then hanging set pieces on it, they had set pieces first. And then they decided, well, how do we fit this all together into a plot? And it kind of seemed like nobody really cared that much about it. It was like, well, we'll just kind of, we'll piece it together in post. It doesn't really matter. I and I re- dig that. I dig that I, style. I really know? don't think it matters at all. I love, I love it so much. The fucking yeah. line of the three dudes just like with the guns pointed at each other's heads had yep. me goddamn yep. dying. Yeah, no, the, it's like um, trying to make sense hinders telling, like having an interesting story sometimes. Or maybe not the story, but like having interesting shit go down. Like, you try to make sense too much, it's like, eh, fuck that. Because a lot of the police work she does, also, that, like, leads her to different places and makes the story progress, is totally nonsensical. Like, that, the the way that characters get from point A to point B is usually just happenstance and, like, oh, yeah, we found them on the computer. Like, how the fuck, like... Yeah, like they have like the fucking eye holes, and it's like, oh, this eye is a match to this eye. It's like that's uh, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was thinking about so recently. Um, I was thinking about making art and the way that art is put into different forms. So you have, you know, you write a novel and you put the novel into the form of the novel. You write a song and you put the song into a f- the form of the song movie etc 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 and i was talking with my brother uh because he was doing a he wrote this paper about this big six book series called my struggle by a uh, i believe he's a norwegian writer and this guy uh so this book is ma- like these six volumes are massive they're thousands and thousands of pages and by the end of it what the guy was trying to do was he was trying to just type without any focus on actually giving the book form. And uh, something my brother said about that, he's like, I think form is what might keep people from being super interested in art, right? And that was such an inversion of the way that I typically think of it because, you know, you want like you make a song, right? And you want it to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. I think I got that right. But what he's saying is that people have are so used to that kind of form that it can actually make the experience of the art a little bit boring. So he's, he's like, you know, if you were making a song, what if it was just like these three movements almost that maybe even sounded like different songs that are all mashed up together that might catch people's people's eye. And then I started thinking about, you know, like, why do I scroll through Twitter? Why do I read Reddit posts? Right? Like, why are these so interesting? and books are so hard to get into and i think it's because books are really constricted by this sort of rigid form that we're all used to we all know and so like the way that relates to this movie is like this it has a three-act structure but this movie is not confined by things like plot or sense making you know what i mean you see what i'm getting at for sure and i'm always down for things that like have place more of a focus on like aesthetics than real plot you know like i'm i'm almost always down for that like if it's done well if the aesthetics like are are good then like i'm super down for that and i think it's really interesting like what you're saying like um with writing things it's hard to like get out of that like form i think uh things like modern art and stuff like that really like escape 
a form of what we really think of as like art, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. like in other mediums, like people kind of have it down almost to a point where that's become a form in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, but I think that might be like a little bit harder in like a, in a medium like literature. Yeah, it might be hard, but I'm interested in trying because musical music wise, I've been listening to a lot of one uh, Oh tricks point never. And, uh, Tim Hecker, these kind of, uh, like Tim Hecker in, in particular is this, he makes kind of ambient experimental music, right? Nice. And so basically I know that there is a form to the music, but I'm not well versed enough in that form to be able to pinpoint it. So it's all, it's all interesting to me. You know what I, I mean? So I, I think, definitely. I think once you figure something out, like once you've listened to a song 85 times, and you know every you know the song inside and out that's when you kind of stop listening and so i think that when you take pre prefab form right people are just they just kind of check out they're like okay i get what this is going to do rise climax etc yeah and i and i think a lot of like making interesting art is like trying to take like that form and then subvert it in, in an interesting way this is a really weird thing to compare all this to but to like break it down for the normies like the the reason i think people fucked with casino royale so much when it dropped was because it was not because oh yeah a realistic james bond or like a sensitive james bond that's what we wanted like nah y'all just wanted something different like exactly you you, you got to shake it up Exactly, exactly. Like after um, another good example of that kind of thing in like mainstream movies, um, like Batman Begins compared to Batman and Robin, like Batman and Robin's super campy, super like based off of the, the 60s aesthetics. And then you get something like Batman Begins, which is almost like a fucking uh, spy thriller, like um, kind of th- thing yeah and i think the shit that i fuck with most is kind of like lego batman that like pretends they all exist like yeah i and like i think that's why people really fucked with lego batman because you're not the only one like people love people love that shit i never saw lego batman i have to watch it now i have have a kid i haven't seen it but i've heard just like great things about it like i haven't heard a single bad thing about lego batman well it takes like um everything about batman and recognizes it is like like the campy 60s batman and the like christopher nolan shit is like mm-hmm. all part of the same universe so it's kind of like even though it, the whole franchise has gone through so many different hands so many different comic you know writers and so many different directors just pretend it was all made by the same person and it's like that kind of artist being like what the fuck do i do with this now i'm tired of writing the same batman shit over and over and so just throwing it all into a blender and just being like, fuck it. Like, you expect one thing, but I'm going to give you something different. And I and I think that's really, you know, kind of about really what it is. It's like, people are really good at, like, guessing these days because, like, we're really used to, like, the formulas. So, like, a lot of stuff writes itself. If you can, like, surprise people or, like, like subvert their expectations... Sometimes it won't work, uh, but sometimes it really will. <laughs> yeah, I heard people on the negative end of subverting expectations on like the video game front. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was playing uh, Last of Us, and I was kind of reading about it online, and apparently people got really pissed off about Last of Us Part Two because I guess they 
they, they kill the guy or something? Do you know what happens, Kelby? Yeah, they're like, they're mad that the main character from the first one is killed off. And then they're mad that um, at the end, instead of like having revenge, I haven't played the second one, but uh, Dirt Jabari shouts out, he spoiled it for me, um, was... Uh, apparently at the end there's like you're supposed to get revenge or whatever and you don't have a choice in it you actually don't like the character you're playing is like you know what nah and uh, people were kind of pissed off about the anticlimactic uh, ending okay yeah so it's almost like you know if your goal is to subvert expectations then sometimes people can be like hey I just wanted a I just wanted a regular vert on this one i didn't want to subvert anything um but i think it goes back to just in if you know if instead of necessarily not that subversion is a bad thing because i try to do it all the time but like it's all again it comes back to that form thing like with tokyo gore police i'm not really sure what if tokyo gore police really subverts any expectations right because like it sets its uh from the opening with the chainsaw man and the her cutting into her wrist and shit it's it's laying out the ground rules for what the rest of the movie is going to be like and oh, yeah. it just kind of, just kind of ramps it up you know which actually made me wonder what did y'all think of the 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 gore of the of the title uh at first i wasn't sure of it but like the level of camp it was like i i, I really leaned into it and I, I fuck with it pretty heavy now yeah yeah no i love the just buckets and buckets of I miss the spray effect shit uh, that B movies used to have it's weird that like B movies always had the spray effect because that's I've purchased fake blood before for different shit and the shit's not cheap so like it's <laughs> <laughs> like half the budget of half these movies yeah yeah for sure if, if not 70-80% of the budget <laughs> But, nah, I, I love seeing practical shit, you know, as always. Even the, like, really cheesy whenever she's cutting her arm and mm -hmm. you you can tell it's all rubbery and shit. Which is kind of weird that, like, the wrist cutting is so, uh, seam showing whenever a lot of other sequences of the movie, it's like they kind of, uh, make it look... Maybe not necessarily like realistic or whatever but like they uh, they hide the seams a little better but when she's just cutting her wrist it looks like super cheesy I kind of appreciate that though cause like specifically wrist cutting I'm not like looking for something super realistic <laughs> like uh, um, but no I appreciate like the, bu the buckets of blood like anytime a movie does like really good cheesy practical effects I really appreciate it because it's nice to see people actually it's nice to see craftsmanship exactly instead of everything just being cgi or whatever there was you like know, people yeah there was just so little cgi in this movie i really liked that yeah there's very little cgi and I, you know about the gore and about things looking rubbery and fake when i first watched this movie way back in 2008 i remember thinking like oh okay you know this is this is corny campy you know and it is it's all those things for sure but then, I mean, like, time went on and the internet happened and I started seeing, you know, videos of people dying, right? Like on, uh, not necessarily Worldstar, but like on uh, 
um, different, you know, kind of streaming websites and shit like that. And when people die and gory shit happens, something happens to their bodies that makes them, makes the whole thing look kind of fake. And so I started realizing that actual real death kind of looks fake. Like if you, if you go to a funeral and you look at a corpse, like it looks fake, right? It doesn't look real. It's just yeah. like, it looks like a, like a dummy or something. So that actually like rewatching this movie, I'm not going to say anything crazy like, oh, these effects were really realistic or anything like that. But it hit more now than it did when I was a kid because it just kind of like strikes me as how that shit actually goes. Well, like adding to that, like, I don't with a B horror movie. I don't necessarily want something that's gonna look super realistic. I want like the over the top, like the craziness. Like this almost reminded me of like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, uh, just like how crazy that movie gets. That was the immediate like vibe I got from it, and like I don't feel like that's like doing it to be like oh haha look how like shitty this genre is. It's like it's just having fun, and like that's really what like this kind of thing is about is just to like have fun with it the japanese game show energy the fun the exactly there we go the japanese game show energy that's what it feels like and with like the dj girl just like like hyping like the the police hype man yes yeah like see it was... that's why we need to fund the police more so they can afford oh a hype god. man <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is for real like like a like RoboCop or like it almost reminds me of like Starship Troopers with like the way it's like the like the pro military or like pro police in this case like commercials and stuff. Yeah, so uh, privatizing police after watching Tokyo Gore Police, how are we feeling about it? Yeah, probably not the best idea. Probably oh. not a great idea. Although I do, I do, uh, I don't necessarily have anything against police necessarily i'm not a big fan um my encounters with them have not been great but uh well for example there's a there's a tweaker in the backyard next to mine who's asking me for beer and uh you know i don't know if i want to have to call a privatized police force for that uh, <laughs> yeah imagine like money imagine like the police show up and they're like yeah give us money to like do our job right yeah that would suck i'd be like can you just i don't know just like tell him to leave <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this kid's crazy man he's like he's just out here he's fucking there's an abandoned house that i live next to and he's like kind of poking around it and then i hear oh, that's hey, always hey, fun. bro he's like, hey bro he's like I, I, he's like i need something to drink you got you got something to drink i'm like no dude i'm, no. I'm on the phone I'm, I'm just i'm just i'm in my backyard bro like leave me alone um i wish i was more friendly like wait, wait you know what i just thought of something maybe that dude just wanted water maybe i should have just given him water i don't know um but I anyway mean, yeah i mean ask him should it be like i don't have beer for you do you want water <laughs> yeah i should ask him but uh I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, private police seems like a no-go. I think that should, <laughs> should be the takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what would we give this movie out of, out of 10 stars? Do a 10-star rating here. 
I mean, I'm always bad at this, but like for what it is, I think like for a B movie, it's a 10 out of 10 B movie. 10 out of 10 B movie. There we go. Yeah. Put some, put some uh, qualifications on it. I like it. Yeah. We will eventually have to watch a terrible movie um, to balance this shit out. Well, we've, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, we had, you know, I was a little bit scattered, but we've been watching some bangers lately. Like... I would say a 10. For real, a sneak, uh, sleeper hit. Sleeper hit, yeah. I'd probably give it an like 8 or 9, something like that. I don't know. I'll just go against the great... I <laughs> like the idea of it being a 10-star B-movie, though. That feels like a good qualification for it. For, um, like, for that to, kind of movie, it's so solid. Like, Right. For, for like the rules that it sets up, basically, from the beginning. You know what I mean? If this was a movie that was trying to be... I don't know, some kind of Oscar material or whatever. Right, it's just then, not that. Right, right. But it's like from the beginning, you're like, this is going to be, well, it's in the, bro, it's in the title. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, it's got the word gore in the title. So this, it definitely delivers on that front. This movie knows exactly what it is. And I love that. I think my favorite gore effects was when like the chainsaw man fucking uh, shoots his chainsaw hand into that police officer's mouth that's a good one that was the moment that caught me and i was like okay yeah let's do let's go (laughs) fuck yeah yeah and then his like his jaw is unhinged and he's like kind of like waka 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 like a like a a muppet or something um that's a good one uh for me damn that is a good one but i don't probably the the alligator legs I like that a lot. I thought that was pretty cool looking. That was a really good one. The whole scene, this, that was a funny, like, a, a perfect low-hanging fruit moment with the, like, the dick spray. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, was, dude, we didn't even talk about the, the, the Tetsuo I, influence on this movie. I was thinking that the whole time, too. <laughs> like, yeah. Tetsuo the Iron Man vibes. Yeah, especially with the big uh, penis effects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, so for me, it's alligator legs. How about you, Kelby? I really like when Key Man pulls his face off. Just as far as like composition goes and everything, because this movie is like one one of the things. It's like it's a fun, gory movie, but it kind of has its own altruistic vision. And uh, I don't know that that all the shots from that scene are just like just framed so beautifully. It like looks really cool, and it just looks really good and, it, and it's Absolutely. a dude pulling his own fucking face off so i mean it's pretty it's pretty gnarly dope absolutely all right all right bio thank you for coming on appreciate it of course thank Always. y'all for having me yeah come back sometime talk about a different gory movie what do you think are you on the on the gore tip or something different or what do you what are you thinking i i'd be down for like a gore tip i'd also be down to watch like an anime movie like if y'all are ever down to do one of those like i'm honestly okay. down for a lot cool yeah man um we're definitely gonna get more into anime we're gonna have uh Barry on to talk about berserk at some point um but there's a whole bunch of stuff i mean there's like sort of on the gore police uh vibe there's like wicked city uh biohazard ninja scroll shit like that so we'll definitely get into those and get into it.